Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. Welcome. The goal of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those whose God-given mission is to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're training warriors to fight for the human heart. Our spiritual coaching is driven by a singular belief that every wound in our heart that's left untouched by God will hinder how deeply we can know Him and how fully we can follow Him. Only healthy hearts are free to develop a relationship with God that outlasts the pressures of life and every unworthy claim for our loyalty and devotion. In this episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we're going to talk about coaching people through seasons of spiritual dryness. Those seasons have similarities with the the fight for victory over sin that we just covered. And we're going to talk about how a spiritual coach can help folks navigate those dark days. Let's dive in. Now, I've made a big deal of our relationship with God, telling you that it's the core of true Christian spirituality. Now, I'm going to continue to tell you that. So, So all relationships that have put some time and experience behind them undergo seasons of neutrality and boredom. Uh, seasons when the relationship wanes and comes under some sort of attack or simply needs to remain strong and secure through the mundane and monotonous periods of life. Protecting those relationships when they're tested in these ways is essential. Such seasons show the true character of both sides of the friendship. Similarly, in seasons of spiritual dryness, when a relationship with God seems to have grown distant or shallow, We have to help people avoid spiritual stuckness, stagnation, and slippage. And we're going to come back to those three stages in a moment. Protecting a relationship during difficult days is better attempted by a preventative strategy rather than from a reparative one. It's easier to keep a relationship from becoming strained by growing it strong than it is to reconcile it after it has been weakened by doubt and disloyalty. Now, now remember, we're protecting and preventing falling away in our relationship and therefore love for and devotion to God. That's what we're protecting. We, we can illustrate it by uh, thinking of cooling down from a scalding hot connection with God to a tepid one and on to coldness. That's always the way we digress in our relationship with God. Gradually, slowly, from hot to room temperature to cold. To be lukewarm is when we acclimate our devotion to the prevailing cultural temperature around us. Of course, that's one reason why we... Um, um, need to have uh, good friends around us. And that's why friendships that um, are going in the same direction as we are toward God and the kingdom are important for us to maintain. Jesus, who Jesus even often withdrew for time with, with God and his 12 disciples, he kept those relationships hot. Coldness, rather than lukewarm, it's more likely the case for one who was once hot. Those who are spiritually cold-hearted are those who feel they've been burned or abandoned by God. It's, it's much like human relationships and transition from love to hatred across the adjoining bridge of betrayal. You know, those who we love the most can cut us the deepest. Now, while God has never, never will, never can betray anyone, our misplaced expectations, our arrogant belief that we know what's best for us, our rebellious independence, and our aversion to the high cost of submission to God, that can leave us sometimes upset with God. And desert experiences where God feels withdrawn and distant can turn uh, hot hearts into frigid ones if it's not understood, faithfully and patiently endured, stubbornly tapped, 
for the treasure holes and if we don't use the direction um, uh, in support of friends and, of course, a trusted spiritual coach. We want people to stand firm and grow strong even when confusion and doubt abound, even when they're transitioning through a desert experience. We want testing to raise their spiritual temperature, not lead to cold-hearted disinterest. In fact, faithfulness and trust during the dry seasons bring the greatest spiritual advancement, much more than fruitful seasons of spiritual harvest do. So let's take a closer look at the dry, arid, desert seasons of our relationship with God. And I'll begin by this uh, <coughs> simple clarification. Living the life of a Christ follower is not a dance through the tulips, nor a walk through the proverbial cake. Seriously, if you take Jesus' life as an example, you'll know this to be true. And Jesus even warned that if he was attacked, his followers will surely be given a hard time and will suffer persecution and difficulty. It's just not for the faint of heart. Yes, it's a wonderful life. It's the only way to live and a sure way to die, either to your self-centered life or life itself. There are no promises that life will be easy, that we won't temporarily waver, or that our growth won't briefly stall. In fact, there are no promises that a life of faith will be comfortable or long. All one needs to do is read a passage like, say, Psalm 23, to discover this truth. Dark times will come. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Do you see how it assumes that the darkest of valleys will come? Yet, what keeps the fear away? God's closeness. A close relationship with our shepherd. Now, if we could talk to a guy named Elijah after his great victory against false prophets in 1 Kings 18, if we could see him after that as he was sitting in the wilderness hungry and depressed, or, or if we could talk to the famous Saint Job right after he lost everything, you'd know that dark valleys come to the smallest and greatest saints alike. These times are not what preventative spiritual coaching is trying to avoid. They cannot be avoided and should not be avoided. Instead, we're helping people navigate such seasons without losing ground. Rather, we want to help them get to the other side of those desert experiences more sold out than ever, more in love with God for having gone through the confusion, pain, difficulty, and darkness than if they had experienced nothing but roses and rainbows. Preventative spiritual coaching prepares people to weather the storms, to skip through the downpour, dance in the rain, and splash in the puddles, <laughs> not avoid them. So how does a spiritual coach help people make it through the desert without drying, dying from thirst. Uh, how do we help them get there and be more than barely alive? How do we direct them through the desert to come out the other side more alive to God than ever? Well, to do that, I'm going to divide these desert experiences into three phases or stages. Stage one is uh, stuckness. Not a really uh, theological term there, but we're going to talk about stuckness. What you may not want to hear is that these seasons... These dry seasons are critical to going deeper in our relationship with God. Being stuck may not sound all that dire, but these difficult seasons are designed by God as part of the spiritual adventure. It tests and builds faith and patience as it teaches us to be less impulsive, fleshly, controlling, and otherwise in God's way because we're, you know, trying to be a God unto ourselves. It has been given different titles over the years, a, a desert experience, times of aridity or dryness, even a dark night of the soul. All that describes things like um, what it feels like to seem dangerously distant from God. 
which is a feeling, not the truth. Uh, what it's like to feel little or nothing spiritually, like your heart has become stone. To feel as if the heavens are as brass and God is ignoring you. Or, or the awareness that there's still a great amount of work to do in your heart. Or, or the sense that he has you in a holding pattern and life is passing you by. <clears throat> or a disturbing sense of the meaningless of life. Two things about being spiritually stuck in this first phase. Two things. First of all, dark days are not punishment. Let me assure you that these painful and intense seasons of testing have nothing to do with God's punishment, nor is he scolding by withdrawing from us. The feeling may be lessened, the feelings may be lessened of God's closeness, for example, but the truth never changes. God will never leave you or forsake you. These dark nights are not the result of sin or unfaithfulness. Dry patches, which can be excruciating at times, are something different altogether. Uh, sin needs confession and repentance and restitution, all of which a spiritual coach can help with. But, that, but that's reparative in nature. That's not what it is to be stuck. The dry seasons that I'm referring to less frequently need confession of sin and more usually need a profession of loyalty, come what may. The remedy for a season of dryness is not to discover and root out sin. It needs the discipline to stay there, to remain present, listening, to not be consumed with complaints or efforts to extricate yourself from it. I can tell you from personal experience that squirming around under the testing will get you more stuck, just like if you were fighting quickstand. The harder we resist, the faster we go down. <laughs> Patience and a determination to get every ounce of gold from such a season will lead to increased faith. If we remain long enough to learn it, God teaches us both about ourselves, about his heart, and our own hearts. And the second thing about that first stage of suckness, stuckness, yeah, you know, stuck, suck, stuckness does suckness. <laughs> uh, dark days confirms God's pleasure. That might not be something you saw coming either. But if you remember Job's story, you'll find that he was a man of integrity, blameless before God, respecting God and avoiding evil. It was Satan's accusations in response to God's declaration of Job's loyalty that led to the test, not Job's failing. The unexpected takeaway is that Job's difficult experience with life was confirmation of his godliness, not punishment for godlessness. I think that's worthy of being repeated. The unexpected takeaway from a story like Job's and his difficult experience with life was that that difficulty was confirmation of his godliness, not punishment for godlessness. Satan's vilification and disgusting slander of Job was confirmation that he was pleasing to God. Spiritual coaches, remember that if someone comes in who by all apparent evidences is walking faithfully, even if imperfectly, uh, they're not displeasing God. Often, we've been too quick to shoot the wounded rather than administer a healing bomb. We can always be fooled by smooth operators, so you may find out later that they were deep into belligerent error and sin. But until that's revealed... Lean the other way. So, dry seasons are, are, are times when we get stuck. But they are not necessarily punishment, but rather more apt to be confirmation. Now, stage two, from stuckness, um, the next stage is stagnation. 
and stagnation can occur if we stay put either in sin or in a resistance of testing. Water that sits still does not get purer and purer. It becomes stagnant. Living in sin or resisting the, temptate, the, the testing by failing to learn and grow through it leads to stagnation. Did you catch that? Deliberate rebellion and refusing a testing can lead to the same place. We may not ever dream of consciously disobeying God, yet we'll fight and squirm and resist his tests and efforts to refine our character. Both lead to stagnation spiritually and from there to no place good. The warning to give here is the truth that uh, whatever sits still for too long won't hold its position. Systems left to themselves do not tend towards order but disorder. Everything slows and if left unaffected, reverses. So too with our spiritual life. Just as relationships with other people decay if left unattended to, so will our closeness with God. What we need to assure people is that patient faithfulness during those seasons when they feel spiritually stuck and stalled, dry and distant from God, is important not just to maintain and protect spiritual life, but to feed and grow it. Since spiritual stagnation is going to be a short phase, you can't stay there long, um, we, we mustn't linger, and we can't linger without falling back, I'm just going to end with that short explanation and go to stage three, which is slippage. Um, stuckness, all right, stagnation, and slippage. This is obviously what comes next. We begin to fall back into patterns, traps, sins, and temptation. Old revival preachers called it backsliding. When we hit a dry patch in our relationship with God, and that feeling of being stuck leads to a stagnant state of affairs, it will quickly become a slipping state of affairs. Things we thought we'd overcome begin to creep back in, not because we never had freedom, but because we've given it away, the freedom away, and we've gone backwards. And when we do, the places of weakness we once knew are the places where we'll first feel tempted and where the enemy will first attack. And it's a slippery slope. Avoid it like the plague and help others do the same. The damage of choosing to revert to former sins and bondage will be as damaging as it was for the Israelites. Read their story beginning in the book of Exodus. They chafed in the dry season. They hit the desert and instead of standing strong, they quickly wanted to go back. Back to the ease of slavery and what they knew instead of the hard work of freedom and the adventure of the unknown. And it didn't take them long. The first twinge of hunger, the first sight of an advancing army, the first awareness of thirst, the first time encountering the mysterious ways of God, ways they needed to know and kneel to. And they were angry, ready to kill their leaders and go back to the slavery they once felt was unbearable. Warn, rebuke, rebuke, correct, and refocus those who are inclined to do the same. When Christ's followers are in this stage is when the spiritual coach needs to be their boldest, using the scriptures to warn and rebuke and to do our best to turn them away from their idolatry with ease and appetite. Now, I'll avoid the theological minefield of determining one's spiritual state and encourage spiritual coaches to do the same. Just make sure you explain the gospel to those in this third stage and give them the chance to hear God tell them to repent and believe the gospel. You know, whether they were truly saved and fell back or maybe they were never saved, repentance is still the right call. A very sobering thing about slippage is that going backwards won't take you to where you came from, but to a worse place than you ever knew before. 
2 Peter 2, 20 says, And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. The effort you extend to coach and coax people to stand strong and, re- and endure the season of confusion and nagging, um, but, but the false and delusional feeling that God has withdrawn and abandoned them, will save their souls from many temporal pains and possibly eternal sorrow. Obviously, putting effort into preventing stuckness from taking us to stagnation and quickly into slippage is worth, is worth whatever it costs. Let's bring this all together by concluding that preventative spiritual coaching helps people more effectively avoid falling through these stages and away from God. Okay, We're bringing it all together by saying... Um, and concluding that preventative spiritual coaching helps people more effectively avoid falling through these three stages and away from God. A spiritual coach will do well to sense which of these stages the coach is in. They'll also recognize the difference between guilt, difficulty that's been brought on themselves due to sin and rebellion and what came to them as God's testing designed to strengthen an already faithful heart. What has yet to be said is that every Christ follower gets stuck in the dry seasons of life and may well even begin to experience a little stagnation. But we want to avoid full-on stagnation and the final stage, slipping away from God in our relationship with Him. By not resisting the dry days, by listening and cooperating with God, not fighting against Him, not trying to get ourselves out of that dry season, not trying to move too quickly through the desert experience, but sifting them for the gold that will strengthen our relationship with God. We'll weather those storms and see great advancement on the other side, which we will eventually arrive at. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we'll go over four ways to proactively prepare for and make the most out of these inevitable desert experiences when they come our way by intentionally building these four spiritual structures into our lives. Thank you. We're honored that you've taken the time to give us a listen as we teach spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. If you'd like to contact Pastor Kara to ask a question, give feedback, or sign up for coaching, you have two options. First, you can visit our coaching website by going to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching. Be sure to hyphenate life coaching. When there, just click the button in the blue banner. On that page, you'll also find free tools to use in your spiritual coaching practice. Additionally, you will find a link to a blog where you can get a transcript of today's show filled with Bible references and other content not mentioned on the podcast. Second, you can email Pastor Carrie directly at carrie at tworivers.church. That's Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, at 2-T-W-O, rivers.church. If this content was helpful, please jump over to iTunes and SoundCloud. Search for the Spiritual Coaching Podcast and give us a like and share the podcast so that more people like yourself can find us. Again, thank you, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast.